You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bears aren't committing to a starting quarterback for week six against the New Orleans Saints, but it sounds like Mitchell Trubisky is getting close. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox, and I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're taking a look at the players coming into and coming out of the Chicago Bears lineup this week, potentially. We'll start with Akeem Hicks going on the injured reserve and what that means for the defensive line moving forward. And then we'll turn our attention to the quarterback position. We'll get the latest update from Matt Nagy on Mitchell Trubisky's status. And then we'll look at how the injury might affect Mitchell Trubisky if he's going to be able to play through it on Sunday. Our Crossover Wednesday podcast kind of interrupted our ability to go into the Akeem Hicks news, so I apologize for being a a little bit on the later side there, but it's still an important decision for this defensive line for the short term and uh, eventually sort of the the middle term. I wouldn't say long term, but sort of the middle term here as the Bears will be without their star on the defensive line for about the next eight weeks. That's uh, about the time he can come back later in the season as being designated to return with that elbow injury. Now, we've seen the defensive line without him a little bit so far this season, and we've had mixed results, right? Against the Minnesota Vikings, they didn't need Akeem Hicks or Bilal Nichols, for that matter, to be able to shut down Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings running game. It was very strong and surprising performances from the likes of Anderson Abdullah and Jonathan Harris and, of course, Eddie Goldman dominating on the interior, but Nick Williams, Roy Robertson-Harris in the starting lineup and and just a lot of different guys kind of coming off the bench, coming out of nowhere for some of them and really holding firm in a key divisional game and and making the Vikings offense a little bit more one-dimensional and requiring Kirk Cousins to have to throw, which proved to be an effective strategy for the Bears' defense. So life will return to that state, but we kind of saw against the Raiders when Akeem Hicks left with that elbow injury that the Bears' defensive line had trouble making up for it. Right? They, they struggled a little bit in, in ways that the whole defense struggled, so I don't, I don't put all the blame on the defensive line or anything you know specifically like that, but when Josh Jacobs is able to run for 123 yards and two touchdowns on those 26 carries, you start to take a look at the guy's on the interior there. And obviously the linebackers play a role in that. And, you know, Eddie Goldman wasn't as dominant as we had come to expect. And there's just sort of a little bit of coming back down to earth in that regard, that maybe the level of play against the Minnesota Vikings was extraordinary and maybe not something we could come to count on and rely on and and expect to be sustainable moving forward. That not that they're going to be as bad as things were against Oakland, but when you're talking about, backup defensive lineman, uh, an undrafted rookie for agent in Jonathan Harris, uh, a former undrafted rookie for agent in Anderson Abdullah, and and Nick Williams as well, sort of a, a veteran backup able to rotate in there. The, you know, There's going to be some limitations there. They didn't show them against Minnesota, but week in and week out, these are not, there's, there's, they're not as good as Akeem Hicks, of course. I mean, they're not a Pro Bowl caliber player. The Bears are fortunate to be able to get Bilal Nichols back in practice this week. It's a little bit unclear whether or not his hand injury is going to continue to affect him, if they have to go to a club or some sort of uh, different option for his hand there, which 
could limit his effectiveness and, and not quite be as much of a breakout guy as he was last year. But between Nichols and Roy Robertson-Harris, you can get some consistent defensive line play around Eddie Goldman there. So it's not as though losing Akeem Hicks leaves the Bears desolate on the defensive line. But there is and are some concerns there. We know how effective Hicks has been as a pass rusher. We know they're going to be missing some of that interior penetration in that regard. But of course, we also know how good he is against the run. Not only the plays where he just swims the guy at the line of scrimmage right off the snap and is in the backfield for an easy tackle for a loss. I mean, those are those are the spectacular plays. Those are the rare plays that you don't see from a lot of great defensive linemen in the NFL. But what I think gets a little bit overlooked from Hicks is uh, is all the other plays, particularly in run defense, in, in a lot of the situations that Eddie Goldman finds himself in, where he's just holding on to some blocks. He's not splitting the double team. He's not making the huge play. But he's he's occupying more than one blocker who's trying to get to a linebacker, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, etc., to prevent the linebacker from making a play on the running back and ultimately clear up more running space for said running back, which was, of course, where Josh Jacobs was able to have a lot of success last week, and Hicks plays a pretty pivotal role in that. I know his pass rushing production in terms of sacks hasn't been quite up to standard this year. He only had one through the first what, well six weeks now, including the bye, to start this season, but still an all-around effective, dominant defensive lineman, and anytime you take that out of the mix... There's going to be something lacking up front. So I've got confidence that Nichols win healthy and Roy Robertson-Harris, they can make plays and they can get you by as a defensive line, right? It doesn't automatically become this huge vulnerability per se, but when you have to rely on, you know, Nick Williams, Jonathan Harrison, Anderson Abdullah, if they're going to have to play significant snaps in the rotation, it can cause some problems at times and it's going to be on the linebackers to step up and play that much better the edge rushers to step up and play that much better and you wonder if maybe Chuck Pagano will opt for fewer defensive linemen in the game as a whole that more you know two four five in the nickel sometimes they went to some one defensive line packages anyway with you know one defensive lineman and four linebackers or different things like that I would expect Pagano to to get flexible and, and continue to try out different things and try and put those guys in different positions to be successful but it's clear Akeem Hicks will be missed it's a question of how much will they feel it and how much will that affect this defense's ability to truly dominate I have a feeling they'll be okay. I have a feeling Mitchell Trubisky will be okay to go on Sunday as well. But hear what Matt Nagy had to say about his quarterback's status next on Locked On Bears. Mitchell Trubisky returned to Bears practice on Wednesday, which maybe wasn't too big of a surprise given that they did drop Tyler Bray back to the practice squad and we're just going to go into this week with two quarterbacks for now on the 53-man roster. But I think what was the real surprise was not that he returned to practice, but that he was a full, he was listed as a full participant in practice. And I don't know what the rules are for, you know, specifically what a player has to do in order to be considered a full participant and what constitutes a limited participant. Like, they don't measure, like, a 100%. You know, it's not like players, you know, they're playing 
rotating in different guys so that no one's practicing like 100% of all the snaps, you know, first team versus second team and the you know, guys on the scout team. And so full participation is sort of, I think, a little bit of a gray area. And Matt Nagy has kind of talked about trying to take it one day at a time with Mitch and see what he's been able to handle. So I, I wouldn't take full participant to necessarily mean he's running out there doing everything he would if he didn't have the injury. But clearly it was enough to not consider him a limited participant. So that's some very real progress on the left shoulder injury. Matt Nagy spoke to the media, I believe, before practice officially and gave a little bit of an update on where Mitchell Trubisky stands and remains a bit noncommittal for his quarterback this week. His deal is going to be more so of a a day-by-day type deal. Let's see exactly every day that goes by, okay, was that a good day was that a bad day? Talk through it and see how he feels, see what the trainers say, see what we as coaches feel like he's at, and then then mentally too, you know, where you're at. All that's a part of this thing. So we'll see where that's at every day. Tomorrow you'll ask me the same question, not in a joking way, but and it's going to be the same answer. You had mentioned the word pain tolerance. Yeah. With somebody who obviously wants to be out there, right? How do you and the training staff get an honest answer out of him in terms of? Yeah, that, that's a that's a hard. Um, well, it's trust. So you gotta you gotta believe that he's gonna give you the right answer in in regards to um, where he's at. Now we went through something similar last year with that. So whether it's pain tolerance, whether it's injury, whatever it is very similar in regards to how do we handle everything. And um, so there's a trust process there. And we got to believe that whatever he's telling us pain-wise is real. And and then um, we got to make that decision. So, Coach, are you optimistic that he'll play Sunday against the Saints? Yeah, I, I, I always say cautiously optimistic just to, you know, be, I mean, I feel good about it, but I, I don't, you know, we're preparing – with both right now. I think the, Chase, the thing with Chase is that we know he's been in this role before, and so if uh, if he's able to, if it's if it ends up being him, then it's the same mojo. So when you say preparing for both, usually one guy gets all the reps. Right. Are they splitting reps this week in, in terms of practice? Again, we're kind of doing a balance act with that. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're trying to, we know that for us, we got to evaluate where's Mitch at physically. And so when he's at practice, what's he look like at practice rep-wise? Uh, we know where Chase is at. Chase has to get reps. So they'll, they'll both at some point going to have to be physically and mentally prepared. This is one of those deals where, you know, you're in a you're in a position where you don't 100 percent know. And so you want to make sure that those guys understand that both physically and mentally, they're as prepared as they can be considering the circumstances. What's the, what's the effect of, of, of that injury? It's not a strong shoulder. So is it just a pain thing or is it is there other things that probably both? You know, I think it's it's obviously pain. And then you listen to what the doctors are saying, what the trainers are saying, what he's saying. But again, what I said yesterday was if Mitch is able to play and he's able to go out there and play, then that means to me that physically he's he can he's passed he can play. So, what what do we do if he's out there? That's for us to know and and how we handle that. But um, if I get told by professionals that he's able to play the game, that means that I'm able to to use him that way. If, if he does play and with that same mindset, would you still need to monitor how he responds after taking that first hit, potentially? Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll monitor. I mean, I'll, I'll be always monitoring him whenever, whenever he gets hit. You know, it's the same thing with, with any of those guys. You want to be careful of it. Uh, so, you know, it, it, again, if, he, if he's able to go and he passes that test, there's a balance to what you do, how you do it, and then, and then he needs to know that too. You know, but we, we really say that with all the quarterbacks. Don't expect Matt Nagy to commit to a starting quarterback at any point 
during this week. I mean, probably Sunday morning or whatever, one of the NFL insiders will report which quarterback is going to start, or maybe even Saturday night, but certainly not while the Saints are practicing and preparing for the Bears quarterbacks, right? I I think most teams feel that there is a competitive advantage by keeping it a secret which quarterback you will be playing. I don't know how much that actually is true or effective in any way, shape, or form, right? The idea is that the Saints can't prepare for just Mitchell Trubisky. They have to also prepare for the possibility of Chase Daniel. And I don't know how different their preparation would be. I mean, especially because we haven't seen Mitchell Trubisky doing a lot of scrambling yet this season, and that would be one of the primary differences in the offense, and it just hasn't been a part of the offense thus this year. But I'm also not sure exactly how to feel about the idea of kind of trying to get them both reps in the sense of getting them both prepared because you do want to have both your quarterbacks prepared depending on who's going to have to go. But you wonder if you're having to split an already limited set of reps in practice between two people, are you going to have two quarterbacks who are half ready to go rather than one quarterback who is fully ready to go? And not that, I mean, we saw Chase Daniel come off the bench without having practiced with the starter. So it's not like the most critical thing for him. You know, he's kind of used to coming in as a backup and being able to pick up where he left off. So I would think that I would almost want to prioritize the, the first team top practice reps for Mitchell Trubisky, especially because, A, he just needs them as, as he tries to continue to develop and, and accelerate where he is as a quarterback, but, B, also wanting him to get a feel for how the injury is going to play in football game situations and giving him as many of those practice reps as possible to replicate that and get him comfortable with that pain tolerance and with how it's going to affect him in the pocket and throwing and, and calling those plays and how much it's going to be on his mind and all those different things, I would think the more practice reps Mitchell Trubisky can get, the better. And who knows? Maybe as the week goes on, Trubisky's injury will affect him a little bit more and he won't be able to be a full participant all three days and then Chase Daniel will get more reps and we'll kind of have a, a, a sense that maybe they'll, they'll make a quarterback decision in that regard. So I, I, I do believe Matt Nagy when he says it is day-to-day and they are going to monitor the pain and, and sort of the, the injury progress from practice to practice. So I don't think anything is set in stone yet, but it sounds like early on, given that Trubisky comes right out the gate as a full participant, I would lean toward the possibility that we're going to see number 10 under center on Sunday. If Trubisky is able to indeed return, it should make this game a little bit more exciting as everybody wants to see what the young quarterback is able to do. And if you want to make Sunday even more of a thrill, put some money down and win big at my bookie. Because between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's time for you to get off the sideline and get in on the action. We always say where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and that's why we recommend mybookie.ag. We always say where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie has some of the best lines and fastest payouts in the business. Right now, the Bears are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Saints, with the over-under for the game set at just 38 total points. If you like those odds, get in the game with my bookie. And if you join right now, they will double your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, to double your cash at mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Mitchell Trubisky's left shoulder injury puts him in an interesting position and, and adds an interesting dynamic to the evaluation of his development as a quarterback this season. Because it feels like, at least initially, if not for the rest of the season, so long as he is in the game and, and still recovering from this left shoulder injury, that sort of becomes somewhat of an asterisk on what we see in games remaining from this point out in terms of how he's coming along as a quarterback. Because he's been a disappointment to to start the season, particularly early on. And I think we did see improvement as the first few games went through. And in Washington, of course, against the worst defense the Bears have faced this season, he had his best game and, you know, looked to be getting comfortable again in this offense in a way that seemed to be missing a little bit against Green Bay and Denver. Then, of course, the injury happens against Minnesota, and we haven't seen him since. And now, coming back, he has this left shoulder injury, and you wonder just how much the injury is going to affect his ability to play quarterback at a high level. That How much will it hold him back? It is not his throwing shoulder, of course, which is why he's able to come back in, in such a quick amount of time, because if it was the other shoulder, you know, he would not be able to throw or anything like that. But the left shoulder is something where it's a pain thing. Right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not sure on how it pulls on other tendons and stuff, but it's very clearly something he's going to be able to play through soon. And you just have to wonder how much, when he's winding up to throw a pass and it pulls across your chest and your shoulders, as you're, you're extending your arm there and you can kind of feel that tension in your own like shoulder area and upper chest, how much that's going to affect him thinking about plays and, and throwing and, and how he's going to feel the pocket if there's a defender collapsing on him coming near that shoulder that's going to hurt a heck of a lot more with the injury than it would when he's just playing regular quarterback. It seemed like you, know, you can be a little bit more fearless without the injury, that knowing a hit's going to happen, but you can absorb it. But I think it sets in a little bit more of that fear from a hit when you know your shoulder already hurts and someone coming up and touching it, even with a brace on, is not going to feel good. And I just wonder if, because this is a quarterback who has had some trouble early on in this season, if as we move forward, if he continues to have some more troubles, will we be able to point to the shoulder injury and say, ah, well, Trubisky wasn't healthy. And so he wasn't able to play as freely, and that's why some struggles continued, and that'll sort of carry us through if things don't go well. But it sounds like Matt Nagy is pretty optimistic. He's, he's keeping an open mind and, and thinking positively about where things can go from here for Trubisky, even with the injury. At, at the beginning of the season, you and Ryan talked about wanting to see incremental improvement yeah. from him. When you went back and watched his first three games during the bye, what did you see in that regard? There was. There was certain, There was definitely, well, number one, from the first game for all of us, not just him, but for all of us, that's about as low as it gets. Uh, so it wasn't real hard to be a little bit better the next game. But I felt like each game leading up until that Vikings game, until he got hurt, that there was progression-wise where he's going playing faster, you know, call, calling a, seeing at the line of scrimmage that he's getting into checks or seeing progressions, uh, adjustments at the line of scrimmage way quicker than what he was, not even the beginning of this year, but last year. And that's kind of how we judge that. What is your feel then? Because, you know, he comes out of that Redskins game. Yeah. Playing against a Vikings team that he's familiar with, but he, he doesn't get to play the game. So right. What's your feel for his ability to 
pick up on that mark where he left off. I, I have I have trust in that he'll do that. I think he'll he'll uh, you know I felt that way in the Redskins game. Um, I felt that way the whole week going into Minnesota, and then I felt that way the, the few plays that we had before he got hurt. So we just got to do it now. That's all. You know, we're we're at a point where um, it's time to to go out there and, and play and to execute and to do you know just be together, all of us. You know, and, and I know he gets he's the focal point, and so am I. My fear with the injury comes in more on the mental aspect of quarterback play, which is of course something. I'm not an expert in by any means. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a any of those kind of. But I also think sometimes the NFL struggles with exactly the mental side of things that you can coach up technique and and playbooks and and getting through every little physical detail. But psychology and the the mental aspect of things can be a little bit harder for the NFL to pin down and certainly us on the outside. But I just wonder because I watch Mitchell Trubisky and I see a quarterback that sometimes overthinks things, tries to do a little bit too much. And could, you know, could it gain some advantage from sort of, I don't know if relaxing is quite the right word, but just playing football, taking things easier, not trying to do so much and just letting the game come to him rather than trying to make everything happen. Like I think to the fourth quarter game winning drive against the Denver Broncos on fourth and 15, you know, he feels a little bit of pressure in the pocket, but just kind of steps up and throws to an open Allen Robinson. And you don't get the impression that he was like thinking through the route concept thinking through the coverage and planning ahead that like, oh, I know Allen Robinson is going to be here and going to be open. Like he's just kind of feeling the play, stepping up, seeing his guy and delivering a perfect, accurate pass in the most clutch moment. Like that's when Mitchell Trubisky at his best, when he's playing free and just kind of flowing and playing backyard football a little bit and not kind of getting caught up in thinking through everything and making sure he's doing every little thing right. And I can't help but wonder if dealing with this left shoulder injury, if that's going to be an additional thing on his mind that he's going to be thinking through in those moments of like, okay, I'm going to step up here, but I can't get too close to my left tackle because they don't want, don't want him to, I don't want Charles Leno to bump into my shoulder. And, you know, you're, you're, run, you're rolling out and trying to throw, but I can't throw, you know, too far to this side because it's going to pull my arm a little bit more. Like, I don't know that he's going to think any of those things specifically, but I just wonder if the shoulder leaves more things to be thought about. And it just seems like he's a quarterback who needs to think less. And I fear that this shoulder injury could very well be one of the worst things that could have happened to to Trubisky as he's trying to develop. It seems like the kind of thing that could hold him back more in the area that seems to be holding him back the most. And that's where I come back to a little bit of the asterisks that's going to follow with with his remaining performances here just because the, the shoulder injury is not going to go away. He's going to need surgery on it eventually this offseason, and I don't think they're going to do it during the season unless it just becomes too cumbersome for him to even play at all. So I just have a feeling we're going to be kind of left when this is all said and done with the jury still kind of being out on just how good Mitchell Trubisky can be even after his third season. But again, I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an injury expert. I'm just doing my best to try and project how I think this could affect the Chicago Bears starting quarterback. But whatever happens with Trubisky and his shoulder, you know we'll be right here on Locked On Bears to break it all down. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And come back tomorrow for our mailbag podcast. If you haven't gotten your question in, give us a call and leave a voicemail. The phone number is 312-620-8590. You can hear your voice right here on the podcast. Get your question answered 
and get all ready for Bears Saints on Sunday. Of course, on Monday, we'll be back to recap that matchup and get you all set for another week of Chicago Bears football to follow. The bye week is over. We've got Bears football every weekend for the next 10 plus weeks? Question mark. And no matter what happens, we'll still find every opportunity to bear down.